Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 19th of October. The Queensland Premier has promised to reopen her borders once the state hits key vaccination targets, but with a number of tough conditions. Queensland is expected to hit 70% fully vaccinated on the 19th of November, which means travellers from New South Wales and Victoria can enter the state as long as they're fully vaccinated and provide a negative test and spend two weeks in home quarantine. From the 17th of December, once Queensland hits the 80% milestone, fully vaccinated travellers don't have to quarantine. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk says the only thing jeopardising a family reunion for Christmas is vaccine hesitancy. I cannot stress the imperative to getting vaccinated. To that end, I'll be sending my ministers out to the length and breadth of Queensland this week, urging those people who are not vaccinated to get vaccinated. Think about it in terms of how we deal with natural disasters. We're going to weather this storm. We can be so prepared for this storm if we get vaccinated now. But the Premier has warned towns who don't reach those key vaccination milestones may face targeted lockdowns and restrictions if vaccine rates do not improve. To Victoria and the state is just days away from its lockdown ending with a change in isolation rules also on the way. From Friday, primary close contacts will only need to stay at home for seven days if fully vaccinated and not living under the same roof as a positive case. COVID boss Jerome Weimer says everything is changing now that Victoria is about to hit the 70% vaccine target. We are moving to a world where lockdowns will not be something that we can just reimpose to give everybody breathing space. It'll become increasingly around how we chase down those positive cases, how do we isolate them effectively, but also for the rest of us to make sure we're vaccinated and protected. Victoria yesterday recorded seven COVID deaths and 1,903 new COVID infections. Investigations are underway after reports hundreds of people were issued with fake COVID certificates from a New South Wales doctor. It's understood around 400 exemptions have been issued by the Central Coast GP without proper medical consultation with another 300 pending. There are reports a number of teachers allegedly obtained the falsified documents. And in breaking news from overseas this morning, Colin Powell, former US Secretary of State, has died of COVID complications. The 84-year-old was the first black Secretary of State, serving under President George W. Bush from 2001 to 2005, playing a critical role in both the Gulf and Iraq wars. Current Secretary of State Antony Blinken says we have lost an extraordinary leader and a great man. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Victoria and a number of police officers have been stood down after refusing to get the COVID vaccine. It comes after mandatory vaccinations were enforced for authorised workers. Our reporter James Lake in Melbourne says their refusal to comply with the strict health orders could lead to termination. Yes, that's how serious authorities are taking the vaccine mandate, Tash. 34 police officers and nine protective service officers are currently stood down after not getting at least one dose of their COVID vaccine before the October 15 deadline. The officers who are now off duty are chewing through their holiday or long service leave to keep being paid for the time being. All authorised workers in Victoria have been required to be fully vaccinated by November the 26th. 
To WA, an investigations are continuing into the mysterious disappearance of a four-year-old girl at a local campsite. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has the latest from Perth. Tasha, massive air, ground and sea search has been underway since Saturday for four-year-old Cleo Smith. She vanished on a family camping trip at the Blowholes campsite at McLeod, which is north of Carnarvon. Cars and caravans leaving the seaside site have been inspected by search crews, while detectives from Perth are carrying out other inquiries in the area. Police admit they hold grave fears for Cleo, and Inspector John Monday says nothing has been ruled in or out at this stage, including abduction. Everything is on the table until we can actually rule it out. At this point in time, unfortunately, everything is still on the table. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. The tax shortcut for work-from-home claims has been extended and we have less than two weeks to get tax returns in. Yeah, Tash, the ATO has confirmed that it has extended the work-from-home shortcut method um, until the end of June 2022. Now, this will be the third financial year that Aussies are able to use the shortcut method. And just as a reminder, instead of sorting different costs like your internet, your power, you can actually claim 80 cents per hour for every hour worked from home. Now, it's important to note that this shortcut method includes heating, lighting and cooling, plus your phone, internet, computer and other expenses. They can't be claimed separately. And while it's a lot easier to use this rule because you don't need a dedicated home office, it may pay to check in with a tax expert as to which method is most lucrative for you as the 80 cents rule is just one of the three methods you can currently use. And as you point out, we've only got two weeks to put in our tax return and the typical refund is around 2700 so there's an incentive. Um, if you're completing it yourself, you've got to uh, put it in by October 31. But because October 31 falls on a Sunday this year, you've got till Monday the 1st. And if you use a tax agent, you can buy yourself a bit of an extension till May 15th next year. And Effie, there's a lot of speculation around interest rates. We have been promised that they wouldn't move before 2024, but there's been some interesting developments that may prove that's not correct. Yeah, Tash, look, there's been a lot of talk around interest rates and whether or not the RBA may be forced to move earlier. I mean, what all the talk was yesterday, the three- and five-year bond yields jumping in Australia after New Zealand's inflation accelerated to the fastest pace in 10 years. And you, ho- you had, like, global investment uh, manager Vanek commenting that the sharp rise in bond yields could force the big banks to raise interest rates, fixed interest rates, um, as their funding costs rise. Now, I can tell you now there's been already plenty of movement in the fixed interest space with home loans, um, but I'm also seeing variable loans continuing to drop, uh, Tash. We saw the CBA and ING drop their variable rates on Friday, but that was more for borrowers who had a healthy deposit. Now, according to CanStar's database, in the month of October alone, 11 lenders have increased their one- to three-year fixed rates and eight have increased their longer-term, the four- and five-year fixed rates. You can still pick up some rock-bottom fixed rates. The cheapest in the market at three years is sitting at 1.99. The cheapest for four years is sitting at 2.54. Now, these are still good rates because when you think of the variable rate sitting at 2.24, you're not paying too much of a premium to lock in for that longer term. But my tip here is if you are wanting to lock your rate in but you're yet to settle on a purchase, maybe you're still looking around, it's worth asking your lender if they can offer a rate lock. 
essentially this guarantees that the rate you're quoted will still be available the time you settle. It's great protection in a rising market and each bank does have a different time period for a rate lock. So check what fees may apply and what conditions could apply. Great tips as always. Thank you, Effie. Thanks. Time for sport now. Brett Thomas and Brett, we saw history unfolding last night at the T20 World Cup. Good morning, Tash. Yes, we did an Irish bowler becoming just the third player in T20s to take four wickets in a row, ripping through the Dutch side last night. There's another one, four and four. Curtis Camfer. What are you delivering on those cannonballs or cricket balls? On Fox Sports there, Ireland beat the Netherlands in the end by seven wickets. Now, Australia plays South Africa uh, this weekend. We've got a lot of the Minnow Nations, Scotland beating Oman yesterday. Uh, They're playing off against each other for the right to get into the big group of teams. Australia, of course, one of those. Brad Haddon, the former Aussie vice-captain, is predicting Pakistan uh, to challenge highly in this tournament. He says that they are the wild cards. I've got them actually going through to the semi-final stage. One, they haven't had the opportunity to play a lot of cricket in Pakistan over the last few years, and the UAE's been their home. They know those conditions really well. Does always throw up some surprises uh, at the World Cup. Maybe Ireland might go pretty deep this year, Tash. We'll have to wait and find out. Yeah, absolutely. And Brett, the Caulfield Cup winner will have to defy history, talking about history, to back up and win the Melbourne Cup. Yes, history in more ways than one. No horse since Ethereal back in 2001 has won the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. That's what Incentivise will try and do in the Melbourne Cup. And just to add uh, a little bit of extra pressure, it'll carry 57 kilos. It has been uh, slugged with a kilo and a half penalty following that dominant powerful win in the Caulfield Cup. And Chief Handicapper Greg Carpenter has explained why he's added the extra weight. The purpose of the penalty is not to get him beaten. It's to allow him to be competitive and have have an opportunity to um, create history. And only one horse in the past five decades has carried that much weight to win the Melbourne Cup. That was Maccabi Divas, uh, the third, uh, her hat-trick, of course, back in 2005, Tash. And this is massive news. The NRL is being urged to share the spoils of its TV rights deal with Grassroots Rugby League. Yeah, raking in $600 million over the next five years alone from Channel 9. That was after uh, a massive deal with uh, Fox Sports as well. So certainly the NRL withstanding uh, the financial impact of COVID-19. In fact, that deal with Channel 9 would be the most lucrative in free-to-air history for the NRL. Mark Geyer, the rugby league legend, would love to see uh, the women's league, bush footy and junior players getting a slice of the spoils. I think we start by uh, making the registration for the kids under 11 free. Love I it. We've got to, I think we've got to have kids playing the game without really, really hurting like it is the, the parents' back pocket. And especially when you've got competition from other sports and others that aren't uh, as heavily contact-based, uh, makes sense to have uh, junior players playing for free rugby league just to get some more uh, you know, school kids playing the game that uh, Mark Guy loves. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where the future of the game is with the young kids coming up. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And we love this story. Some great news for a regional town in New South Wales that had campaigned to get superstar Chris Hemsworth to visit Cowrow. Locals put together a very clever ad campaign urging the Thor superstar to visit and support regional tourism in towns that have been struggling during lockdown. Where the bloody hell is he? We love you, Chris. Yeah, Chris, we We love you too. Come on, Chris, come to Cowrow. Chris, get to Cowrow. Come on, Chris. Come to Cowra, Wiradjuri country. 
Well, Chris has now replied, reposting the ad campaign on his own Instagram page that has 50.9 million followers, saying the campaign was amazing and warmed his heart and he's coming in hot when he returns from shooting a film overseas. I believe that means he is going to visit Cowra. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Melling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.